Welcome back to WiseCast, the podcast for women in STEM and education. I am Dr. Amber Miller. And I'm Dr. Richa Chandra. Today we are discussing exactly what we're doing over commitment. Um, so we're feeling it. We're both um, crazy busy and overly committed. And um, we we have some great pointers in this episode. But um, before we get into all of that, Amber, how did you dress for success today? Well, I feel like lately I've been wearing a lot of workout clothes, but today I have on, I'm, I'm highlighting my ASICs. They're like this mauve purplish color running shoes, right? Tennis shoes, which I felt was fitting for running through all of the things that we have on our to-do list and that we are over committed to. So I felt like that would be the perfect um, thing for dress for success today. And Richa, how about you? How are you dressed for success today? So it's funny that you brought up workout clothes because that's what I'm in. <laughs> so, and, and that's one of the things we talk about, right? Like that's um, something I do. It's it's a commitment that I don't stray from. I always, you know, prioritize my, my workouts. So it's going to happen at some point. So I just dress that way so I can just fall into it at some point whenever, you know, um, the opportunity strikes. Um, but at, at the same time, and we, we talk about that here today, it, if you're overcommitted, um, sometimes in, in, in life, as you change and evolve, it may not be enough to have what you previously relied on because, you know, it's life just gets more and more complicated. And so as we change and grow, we have to reevaluate um, what we need to recharge ourselves. And maybe what used to work in the past isn't enough or you need to change things up. So we are so excited to be joined today by Dr. Alice Redmond. She is the Chief Strategy Officer at CAI. She has more than 30 years of experience in the life cycle management of global pharma, biotech, gene therapy, and medical device facilities from design to operational readiness. Previously, Dr. Redmond worked for Sandoz Novartis in Basel, Kundal, and Ireland in the areas of quality validation and technical operations. Alice is a founding member of Women in Technology and Science and is on the ISPE Women in Pharma Committee. Alice holds a PhD in cell culture from Dublin City University and a MBS in project management from the University of Limerick, a degree in biotechnology from Dublin City University, and is a charter director. We're so excited to have you join us today. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. So this has been one of our topics that we've had on our list of many things that we, we mm. like to discuss um, over commitment, right? And um, I think it's it's a it's an interesting one. Um, so for we'll just start off with, you know, why there is overcommitment. So from our reading, we've read that it's a consequence of poor limit setting, um, which is a big problem that high achieving women face. Um, I have thoughts about that because I find it a little bit victim blaming. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and so one of the things that I've encountered is that, you know, I keep expecting to have more time in the future. Okay, well, you know, after I get through this period, then I'll have more time and it's fine that I'm committed to all these things, but life keeps getting harder, busier. Um, I know for Amber and me, we're, we're kind of in the sandwich of life, right? With the small kids and the aging parents. That's taking up. Recognize that one. (laughs) That's that's happening, and and that I think only gets more and more challenging um, for a bit until we retire, I guess. And who knows what that looks like. Um, So you know that that's one of the thoughts that keeps percolating in my mind is that overcommitment. Is it just 
something that we just have to face. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Alice? Um, for me, it's always about, you know, the value of what you do and the relevance of it. OK. Um, and yeah, look, I think females are multitaskers by nature, definitely more than our male counterparts. Uh, apologies to our male listeners. But I, I think we're, we're we think we're infallible and, you know, we think we can take on loads. And I you can fall into the trap, particularly early on in your career of you want to make an impression. You, you know, you're ambitious. You want to do different things. And in some cases, it's a hunger for knowledge. And you think, oh, yeah, I just take all of this on and it'll be fine but the reality of it is you're doing yourself more damage than good by continually taking things on particularly when you're trying to balance as you said a busy busy job busy with your kids and then looking after your your elderly loved ones or caring for somebody that's sick in your family and that all takes an enormous toll I think with females, it is, I've always worked in a male dominated environment. Okay. And that's, I, I, I don't believe in the poor me. I don't believe in the, the, as you say, the, you know, being the victim, but I believe in if you're the right person for the job, you, you, you have, you know, you have a chance to put that forward. But I think females do have to work that little bit harder still to prove themselves and make an impression. And I think some of the over commitment from a female perspective is as you're trying to, to, to make impression to show that you're as good as others that you get caught into the trap of wanting to please all the time you got caught you get caught in the trap of being a fixer and that's super difficult to get out of you know so I've learned over the years to say continually quote to myself value and relevance and that's not only from a career point of view it's from a personal point of view as well Yes, I love this. And the like Mrs. Fixer, right? The Ms. Fixer yeah. thing is definitely one that I have to work on a lot too. Cause you see problems and you're like, we can fix this. Or did you think about these things? And I am trying to channel in my, not your problem, not your problem, yeah. you know, but it's also like, you don't want to be that, like, that's not my job. You, when you see something that you, you maybe honestly have some insight that they could help somebody else's job go smoother or just, you know, um, the challenge not be as, as difficult that whole we want to help and please and and fix all of the things is a really hard one for me especially to to get out of um so i i appreciate that um it's just interesting Mm -hmm. there's several things that we came across um as far as like the reasons why women Mm -hmm. um just from and i'm not gonna go there's there's a long list but um just some of the the ones that that kind of stood out uh, women love to start new projects, but they don't mm-hmm. love finishing them. Um, they don't feel like, when I say they, we don't feel like we're doing enough. Um, afraid of success. Um, and I think FOMO was one of the ones that we we uh, put down uh, fear of right. Um Women would like to be helpful, accommodating, and polite. Um, and then the one that struck out for me was uh, the expecting to have more time in the future than they have in the present feeling obligated to say yes. And then <clears throat> big one is setting the boundaries, right? Setting appropriate boundaries on your own behavior or the behavior of others. Um, <clears throat> that's a struggle, right? Because, you know, you find yourself, who do you set the boundaries with, right? There's, of course, the the things that we feel like, okay, that's lower priority. It doesn't have as much value. But, you know, sometimes in life, you ha- you can't say no to your bosses, right? 
it's hard to set boundaries with um, those you directly report to. And you don't want to set boundaries with your your children in that way because it's, you know, they're not even asking for it. It's just the the nature of being a parent, right? That there's going to be those things um, and then, you know, your family. So, you know, setting boundaries. And so I come back to that whole victim blaming um, aspect of it, right? Is it just the world that we're living in right now where people are more taxed? Uh, jobs have gotten, you know, more people are wearing more hats and, and it's it's becoming more um, prevalent to have this overcommitment syndrome because by default. Mm. Your last point is a really valid one, because I think the way our working world has gone is people are genuinely being asked to do more all the time uh, with less time. Um, and this this is a this is an issue from the point of view of of you know companies have cho- cho- choose to outsource, and then companies are for, forced for whatever reason to reduce headcount. And some of that is down to maybe there's a higher level of automation in the work that we're doing now. But at the at the end of the day, it comes down to I think people just having um, more to do. And when you look, at, you're right. It's very hard to say to your boss no. But again, coming in terms of setting boundaries, understanding what the roles and responsibilities are, understanding where you can support, understanding where where you need to give input, and the fear of missing out is is something I I know I've suffered with. I know know the past tense. I really try to to balance up and say, well, okay, can I genuinely add value? Do I have inputs to give here? Uh, sometimes you don't always need to be stuck in the thick of something, something to actually give inputs. You can review something afterwards. And I think by balancing out how you can give inputs that are valuable is is a real way of actually trying to not overcommit and set the boundaries. Um, some of it depends on on, on the situation, like a situational as well, in terms of the, the boundary setting. Um, and in some cases, it's, it's actually you're put in a position where you can't say no. And if that's in a work situation, I would actually you know, say to, to, to your boss, um, well, if I don't do this, if, if I do this, I have to give something else up. And, you know, in terms of my, my priorities and reaffirm what your priorities are. And that's something I've learned to do because invariably something will fall down to the bottom of the list. And that, that could be your, 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 your own time, your leisure time, your family time, you know, part of your vacation. And it, with those kind of overcommitment activities comes a responsibility that you're taking on to do it and do it properly and if you're not going to do it right what I've actually taught myself and my team to do is if you're asked to do something say okay but I understand this to include the following and scope it out and I think it's going to take this long what do you think and if they say well actually I need it tomorrow you're kind of going well outline tomorrow but I can't possibly do it so set the set the limits around what you can do and understand the task because I, I know there's a tendency to take something on and you because you're enthusiastic and it's a cool assignment and then you realize oh my god this is half my day job for the next two months and then something else has to drop um and if that's the right thing for your company and your business and for you at the time great if you you know but if it's not and it means you have to work ridiculous hours and give up a lot of your time and potentially you know your own health wise it's something you need to balance up she sounds like i channel you dr edmund right and all the things because everything is exciting and fun and interesting oh, yeah. 
And I think for me too, you add the, like one of the the things we found was like the eternal optimist, right? And I'm like, yeah, this is fine. This won't be that big of a, of a commitment or it, it won't be that hard to accomplish. You know, I'm the like, my to-do list is 20 things long and I think I can get them all done, you know, kind of person. But I think this is really great, you know, strategy to really sit down and think about the scope for the assignment and the task and being able to relay that to whoever is asking it to you, right? Like, I would love to be a part of this. This is what I think it's going to take, you know, so I can get you X by this time, right? But also, this sounds like maybe this is going to be like a decent chunk of stuff. So if I'm now investing 20% of my time into this, like, what, you know, are you okay with me shifting, you know, to the back burner? So. Mm -hmm. I think I hadn't really thought about really defining in your mind and verbally to who's asking you, like what the scope of the project or the ask is, right? It doesn't even have to be a major project. It's just, we need to do this. I'm like, okay. And repeating back, like, this is what I'm understanding you to be asking of me so that everybody's on the same page. I really like that strategy and and can see how that can benefit everyone, right? Because then also make sure that you're whoever is asking you understands, right? What all is going to go into the process for being able to accomplish the task that is being asked of you. Yeah, like sometimes it's what people, when people are asking you to get involved, it could be a skill that they're asking for you to, to use, or it could be experience, could be a bit of both, or it could be another opinion that, that they, they that's let, maybe a bit left to field, which I'm kind of known for at times. Um, but that's maybe what's needed to, to think outside the box on something. And I, you know, I think if you understand what's been asked of you to do, um, and in some cases, you know, I found myself recently somebody ringing me saying, can you do this? And I said, you want me to draw a Visio diagram, but you're really quick at Visio. And I kind of went, well, there's lots of other people really good at Visio. So guess what? I just don't have time at the moment. Point them the, the right direction of somebody else. And, you know, it's not that you don't want to help, but you just at that point, your to do list, as you say, Amber, is, is longer and longer. And I'm. I'm a list person. I won't turn around my, my camera and show you my, my sticky notes, but I use an, an app to do app for Microsoft that links with, with Outlook and, and I, I couldn't live without it. I genuinely couldn't live without it. And I have a personal one as well. I love the to do app as well. And I, I the best part about this strategy, I think, is that you can still show your enthusiasm and interest. And so <laughs> it doesn't diminish that. Like, that's a great thing. I, I love doing this, but um, it's going to take me this long. So I'm going to immediately adopt that <laughs> strategy because it's like Amber said, I hadn't thought of it that way. I, I'm just kind of fixated on the, oh, no, I have to say no. It's a nice way of saying no. <laughs> no with a with a however or a maybe, you know, it's, it, it always softens the blow. That's awesome. So then another thing we found is that we find it a bit oxymoronic, right, that high achieving women often don't say no due to insecurities, right? And I guess this is, this will tell you a lot about me as I divulge my insecurities, right, of this like underlying that I'm not good enough, right, or I'm not smart enough or whatever, you you know, the, um, uh, oh, now I'm blanking on what the word is, imposter syndrome, right, like all of the things. Um, and that basically, if I don't say yes, that I'll be found out, right? That's all realize that like they, that I'm not as good as they think I am, um, or that they then won't think I'm capable of doing this moving forward. That I'm not a team player, right? Like all of these things that we worry about as we're being considered for the next promotion or just to keep our job, right? If it's a tight, you know, job market and those types of things. And so I think it's hard then to, to remind ourselves that, okay, while you're feeling these things, right, that's still like you see those, right? We see our negatives more than we see our positives. 
Um, and for me, I often don't realize how much I've taken on until someone says, oh my gosh, you're so busy. Like you're doing all of these things. And I was like, honestly, I feel like I should be doing more things, right? <laughs> like it, it's just that inherent, you know, mm-hmm. ambition and, and, and drive. And so I think it's hard, right, to, to take those insecurities out that like this saying no to these things or setting these boundaries actually can make you better at your job and more suitable for the promotion than just saying, you know, yes to everything. I think we females naturally question themselves more than the males. Um, like if something happens, I would analyze and possibly in the past overanalyze. And I've always tried, I, I re- genuinely try now to say, well, okay, that didn't go quite to plan, but my lesson learned, move on. And it, 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 you know, things come back to haunt you and you might just find yourself shaking your head, kind of going, okay, I'm not going to think about it anymore. I can't do anything about it. Move on. And it, when things go really well, we're the, we're, we're the, the last people to take the pat on the back and say, job well done, you know? And I, I think when it comes to kind of, from an overcommitment perspective, I'm going to repeat the phrase again, value and relevance. And like if, if something you, you'd look at something and you kind of feel yourself sitting up straight and kind of go, yay, this is, this is something that really, um, is a fantastic thing for the company and it's good for me. That's, that's my, that's my magic formula, you know, and I do quite a lot of volunteer work for, for ISP. I could do more. Part of me would love to do more. I don't have time to do more. So, you know, I found myself saying, you know, stepping down, I've just recently stepped down off the um, ISP Foundation Board after four years on the Foundation Board and four years on the main board. And you know what, I'm I'm sad to leave it, but I'm glad to leave it because that means I've taken on a, another committee role that is actually fits me better at this moment. Um, and that it all comes down to balance. And, you know, the 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 that side of, of me would always say, there's a little bit of self-doubt, but, you know, learn to 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 celebrate the successes and learn to learn from the uh, t- times it doesn't go so well. Um, another aspect that I find myself doing and have done a good few times over the years is, is you know, very early on in my career, I took one of, you know, these personality profiling things with Meyer Briggs and I've done DISC and various other ones over the years. And I did a, a leadership course recently and found myself doing one again. And I was kind of in my head saying, why am I doing it? I've done these before. I know myself. But you know what? Over time, you 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 modify your behavior to your your role and your experience. And you might be inherently whatever profile but you do change and I think understanding over time how you change is important and how you react to people and how to deal with say maybe a very dominant personality and those are things that stick with you for your you know uh, for your career but actually also help you deal with the issues like saying no deal with the issues of, of when you need to move on and learn a lesson from something or an awareness of what you're really good strengths are and those areas that you need to work on. Yeah, like that perspective of the fact that we we do change and evolve, right, continuously from these experiences. And, um, you know, you go through these phases, it's everything is great. And you you think you've figured out, you know, the whole system. And then, you know, okay, no, now you've got, you've introduced all these you know, new variables, you know, and then there's external things happening and then you have to learn again. Um, and so I'm sure, you know, we have all been guilty of finding ourselves in overcommitted situations. I think that we had to reschedule this recording, right? 
So this has happened to us, you know, literally um, in planning out this. Um, So Alice, when you, how did you recognize for yourself in in the past that you were, you know, uh, suffering from this overcommitment? I think, you know, um, as you said in your, your opening remarks in terms of being a mom and having elderly parents and then maybe having a partner or something. Those those are times where you've got a busy, busy, I suppose, and and, and an important job. Um, and really what comes for, for me, you recognize when you're you're not you're not really looking at yourself from a self-care perspective, whether that's exercise or time out or just doing the things that help you recharge. Those are the real signs. And I think for me, it's it's it, you know, what can happen is when I'm overwhelmed is lack of focus and whereby ordinarily I could sit down to do it with a task and I can ignore virtually anything on that's going on around me. But when you're when you're over challenged um, and over committed, it's much harder to do that because your brain is just running at a million miles an hour. Um, so for me, those would have been would be the sign. So if I find I can't focus on something, I'm kind of going, OK, relook at your, your to do list, girl. You know, you really need to get your act together and figure this out. So I think if you know your own war- warning signals um, and even simple things like, you know, uh, and I think a lot of ladies will, 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 will empathize with this is, you know, getting time to get your haircut. You know, how many times do you cancel a haircut? Um, and that, that for me is OK, this is ridiculous. Just make the time and go, you know, find a bit of time for yourself uh, is 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 and that, those are the signs for me that I, I'm doing way too much. You brought up the the to do app, right? Um, mm-hmm. So we're just plugging in Microsoft today, but um, you know, so one of the things that I I love about it is the fact that I can have everything there, right? Like my to do list, but that I can, you know, put it off right? mm-hmm. so with with the things I don't get to. And I I think that that's one of the things I run into is literally running out of the hours at the end of the day, mm-hmm. realizing it's eleven p.m. and I haven't sat down, right? Um, since you know, leaving work and, and work is pretty, you know, physically um, mm-hmm. active for me as well. Um, and so getting back to the computer and looking at that to do and saying, um, that's going to have to happen tomorrow. That's going to have, have to happen on Friday. And then, you know, ding, ding, like just, okay, I guess I got through my to-do list by just putting things off. Um, and I find myself doing that more and more. Um, things do get done, but it's mm-hmm. a weird feeling. It, it's not as satisfying, I guess, as the thing when you actually do complete the task. Um, and so, you know, that's, I think for me, that's been one of, one of the signs is the literally running out of the hours to do the stuff on the list and constantly having to, you know, um, uh, put a different due date on things. I love the, the act of actually, you know, at the end, this is something I've done from, from early in my career is that at the end of the day, of looking and saying, well, okay, well, today was a good day and that I got X, Y, Z done, but I didn't get, you know, some of the things I planned on doing. Um, and it puts the, the mind at rest. And I think from an overcommitment perspective, if you are do find yourself stressed, it's a way of saying, well, okay, you know what? Today was a good day. I did get a good job done. I, I will put this off. It's making, you know, the next week, next day, a little bit more chaotic, but at least your head is, is clear. And I, I think... In terms of combating the over, the, the you know, one of the symptoms of overcommitment, I think a, a, a mind that's easy um, or more kind of at, at ease with what you're doing means that you can take the rest time that you get. Um, and that 
that makes it more I suppose more meaningful to you and that might be an hour or it could be four hours but sometimes you know an hour of a really uninterrupted time with the easy mind is more valuable than four hours of your head going crazy you know like that too I like that and I try you know to set like the last 30 minutes of my day are like my wrap up like what what do I need to do tomorrow like trying to think about what I didn't get done and I do I find myself on the days where even if I have like thought I started trying to use small post-it notes because I was like okay this is maybe more realistic space for what I should be able to get done today instead of just like a piece of paper um but but I find myself on those days that it's super chaotic where people are coming to me with problems or challenges and things that I'm having to help sort out or work through or new strategies for things where then I don't actually get to the like my jobs on my to do list and things that I feel like, wow, today was a chaotic day and I got like nothing done and it feels kind of productive, but not. And so I think part of what I need to work on for that, like last 30 minutes is also restructuring in that like okay you got a bunch of stuff done even though it wasn't on your to-do list that doesn't mean you didn't get stuff done and feeling still good about that because I think for me it's been like holy smokes how is it such a chaotic day and I got like nothing done um and so that's where then it feels the opposite it doesn't feel good and then you're just stressed in anticipation of what's to come right the next day so i like that you you know actively channel like today was a good day we did get stuff done maybe it wasn't what i had planned for today but it doesn't mean it wasn't important work and that it's not going to help us be more successful tomorrow um even if it wasn't like physical work i needed to get done today and i think it's reframing it a bit for those things that it's like a struggle. It's a struggle for me. I'm trying to work on it and kind of come back, come back with. Yeah. Again, you know, if you find you, your day gets derailed, your day gets derailed because you're helping or supporting others. It could mean that that was something you were going to do anyway, or it could be a an atypical task that happened because something happened. You know, like that, this is what happens in in work and and, and life. But you know, if that's if that has been positive and you've learned something from it and you've driven something forward, again, good day. Yeah. We'll come back to the, you know, taking care of your health aspect that you brought mm -hmm. up, um, Alice, earlier is, is, you know, that's, I think, a big warning sign, like you were saying, if your health is slipping, you're, you're um, you know, the things that you need to take care of yourself, whether it's exercise or just brainless TV watching, whatever, right? Um, and and I think we women do this. They call it revenge procrastination, right? You end up um, finally getting that that you know uninterrupted peaceful time, and then you end up staying up too late, and then then you're you know sleep deprived and all of those things, right? Um, and so I think that's that's important to examine for ourselves because I feel. I feel personally that I need more and more rest and it's because life is getting harder and harder. And so, you know, we've talked about scheduling and there's, you know, scheduling in the rest time and somehow that's not enough anymore, right? It's it, the exercising and all of that isn't enough. It's not doing enough. And so I think as we evolve and, you know, our, our lives become more complicated and, and we have more commitments, we have to reevaluate what does that look like at this point in life, right? What does taking care of your health and maybe that has to take up more space than it used to, you know, you can't just take it for granted as much. I mean, that's, that's something that I've been realizing, um, you know, in the last couple of years. 
Yeah, look, it, it varies. You know, when you when you have a small child, your ability to travel, you things need to happen when they need to happen. Um, in terms of dropping and collecting, and those are those are non-negotiable. Um, so I I think it comes down to to communicating with your colleagues and and your you know your support your personal support mechanism to this is this is what I need and days you I think I know in at times I put myself under tremendous pressure to be at a at a point you know at at collection time for my daughter when you know when there was other people that could have done it or my husband could have done it but I know I had to be hero mom and do it and I think we need to recognize that in ourselves as well at times we we think we can do it all and at times we feel that we should do it all but there's there's other there's other support that we don't take um and that's not a sign that we're you know a, a, a bad at our job or a bad a bad mom or, or a bad family member from from a support point of view it just means you can only do so much yeah and i think we've started touching on like how can we fix over over commitment right and i i i tend to think like if I try harder, if I'm a little bit more organized or if I'm a little bit more motivated, right, I'll eventually manage to get the whole to-do list done, right? And that's just not also realistic, right? Like it typically doesn't work. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's how do we fix it? And we've talked about, right, blocking your calendar, triaging it. And one of the things that Richa kind of brought up as we were planning for this is, like we can easily think about like the no and and sacrificing quantity, right? I'm just not going to do that thing. I'll put that thing off till tomorrow or just not do it at all, right? Like how important is that? But is there actually value to sacrificing quality as well as quantity? You can never, you know, you can never sacrifice quality. You know, it comes down to picking the tasks that you can do. And again, not to be afraid to pick tasks that you do where you need support. Um, so you can kind of use this as a way to develop your teammates or, you know, again, depending on where you are in your career, you may have you may have numerous people reporting to you. And if you know what their interest areas are, it's a fantastic opportunity to develop others. And I think that needs to be needs to be recognized because I one of the things I love doing is working with students and, you know, particularly, uh, I suppose, supporting STEM related activities and uh, at the ISP meeting that I've just come back from Sunday afternoon there was 110 students that got grants to attend the the um the uh, the conference and I met with them talking about career journey and going through simple stuff like how do you introduce yourself at a conference uh, you know and they're trying to figure out what graduate jobs they want and I think that type of stuff makes makes an enormous difference in terms of taking on a task and then delegating part of it. So that that helps. Um, we talked about setting the boundaries earlier on. I think the boundary setting is important. So you figure out what you should take on and what you want to take on, what you feel obliged to take on. And there are three different things. And being upfront with your, your boss or sometimes you get asked to do things that may not be your direct manager where you kind of go well okay you know what if I do back to the same phrase if I do this something else is going to have to drop down the list and to reaffirm that and you know it comes down to to a continual balancing act of of what you can do and do well so definitely quality trumps quantity from my perspective um and if you need to then you know from a quantity if there's you go through work where there's an overwhelming amount to do at any one time. You know, look at things as a team-based task at times makes a makes a very 
big difference whereby you don't necessarily have to lead everything. You could say, well, okay, this team has, you know, 10 tasks to do by the end of the month. We were, you know, we take them on individually. We're not going to get them done. Split, split it into sub teams, break up the work in, in a way that everybody gets challenged and stretched, but not one or two people overly stretched. So there are some of the things that I have found works work. And also, as I said, learning and remembering to say no nicely, kind of, it, it, it helps. Yeah, I think that's that's been the biggest takeaway for me. Um, and, and, you know, so coming back to what Amber was saying about um, sacrificing quality, and that's a me issue because I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> and so that's that's, I think, where I have when I sacrifice quality um, because I, I I'm trying to be perfect in everything. My house is perfectly clean. That That's you know, there there are times where perfection is the enemy of progress. And so. That's, you know, and that may be some women as well, that those are the things that I think you can let some of the quality slip on tasks that sure. you said don't have that value um, or meaning in the, the big picture. And so those are those are the places where I've been evaluating. Right. And, and it's exactly what you said, finding what's, you know, um, most valuable and, and, and meaningful and then pushing those other things down and not making it take up so much of your your mental space your your workload etc um so it's 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 i guess a little bit more nuanced than um just providing sure. quality important things right um yeah but yeah so my answer was probably more to do in the work situation you know from a from a person situation you know if you know do you do you as you say do you need the, the sparkly cleanest house in the world and uh, no you don't can that wait until tomorrow? That's that's okay, um, and it does come down to saying what what means the most to you at, at a given time. And for me, I like my house to be nice because that it drives me crazy if it's not. So you know, I I've over the years found uh, people that can help me on that for a few hours a week, and I used to feel guilty about it. I don't feel guilty now because you know that that's something that helps me um, to not not worry. Um, about not worry about it, but not not be concerned about it, so to speak. Yeah, and that's a struggle. This is a struggle I've been working on too. My husband's like, the house is fine. And I'm like, it's not fine. Everything's a disaster. But then it's also explaining to them that like, sure, it's not like it's not dirty. There's not like it's not moldy. It's not icky. But at the same time, like having it picked up makes me feel better right it makes it feel more comfortable and everybody recognizes it so if we leave a pile of something eventually it's like okay I've had enough of this and then it's like wow the stairs feel so much like when we walk into the house and the stairs are cleaned off like it feels so much better and mm -hmm. so it's trying to help everybody recognize that so that everybody in the house can contribute to picking up and doing the things um and and I've been on that bandwagon lately like okay we're going to set timer like this is my new weekly or bi-weekly cleaning strategy we set a timer for 30 minutes or an hour and all three of us are working hard to pick up or do something productive right and granted the seven-year-old is not going to be as efficient at some things but still like she's gotten okay at cleaning her bathroom and I have to say at least for a couple times a month her cleaning her bathroom is good enough it's a little bit cleaner than it was before and I didn't have to do it all right and so um I think that there is something to be said to that I think for me, I've had it instilled from growing up with my 
mom who has a very clean house and has come to my house and been like, wow. And I'm like, don't judge me. Like, stop judging that my house isn't as clean as yours. But we all have, again, different things. But I want to be able to go do this stuff with the family or that for me, the fun stuff for me and not be like, well, I can't do that because I need to clean my house. Like, that's not going to be the limiting factor, even if it does help me, you know, feel better. Yeah, look, I, I get it. I'm I'm I love cooking. I'm a real foodie. I love cooking fresh all the time. And one of the compromises that I had to make was when when our daughter was born was okay. I cannot cook a fresh meal every evening. I just don't have time for this. So back to cooking at the weekend, and then it became a, a family thing. And you know, it, you might not end up always doing exactly what you want. But once it's nutritious and everybody manages to get fed, uh, that's that's okay, you know. So you know, well, those are those are things you you. And I think if you know you look back on on memories and making those type of memories is, is are, are fun as well. And I, I think that that bit of um, the team playing aspect of it actually applies to the workplace too, because you know we we have housekeeping at work in in a sense, right? Um, I'm working on a grant report right now. And I realized I was just overdoing it with the data analysis where I need to start delegating and say, here's our working document, everybody <laughs> start putting things into it instead of trying to be the person making it so perfect. And, and then you realize that you don't even have to do it to that level, um, you know, for the, you know, most of the time it's, it's, it, there's a tendency for me to overdo it, um, overanalyze the data, overwrite about the data when nobody reads it at that level, right? And so it it can be done better with, you know, other people's input and kind of not sacrificing quality, but um, reassessing what what really needs to be in there, what's, you know, um, not getting so caught up in, in so many details of, of, of the housekeeping of things. I use a phrase like sweat the big stuff, you know, worry about the big, worry about the big pictures things. And then when it comes to, you know, we all spend a lot of time worrying about things all the time. And I, I, something I've tried to to teach myself, and you know, uh, I suppose practice with with my teams over the years has been, you know, if there's something that you need, you know, you're worried about, you know, go off and do something about it. If it's not, if you can't do something about it, it's usually somebody else's worry. Uh, go off, communicate it, um, help them understand why you're concerned and they might not be, and then take it off and move on because I think so much of our mental space gets caught up. Um, and I put that down to some of the, you know, the overcommitment things as well of worrying about something that is really not your business to be worrying about at all. Yeah, I think that that's very important advice. That it's it's really, you know, and I, we have this bold faced in our our notes deciding to change, right? So you do have to examine that and um, realize that that that's that's something that you're doing, and then you know you have to to make the changes and and push that out of your your mind. Um, so this has been a lovely conversation. Um, it, it's been a topic that we've been wanting to go into and delve into, you know, um, at this level. So we, we just have one last question for you, Alice. Um, so how can our, our listeners connect to you? How can they find out about all the great things that you're doing? Sure. So um, I work for CAI. We're um, a global professional services company. So you can connect with me at alice.redmond at cagents.com. So delighted to connect. 
I'm, I'm so passionate about the whole area of STEM. Um, in fact, in two weeks' time, I'm going back to my alma mater to help with, with you know, students, uh, postgraduate students, students deciding what they want to do next. So this is something that I live and breathe. I had fantastic mentors through my career. And one of my mentors is my professor from university still. And that's a long time ago because I'm ancient. Uh, so, you know, use the resources that you have to connect and uh, take advantage of the, the fantastic people that you see around you in terms of how they operate and uh, feel free to reach out anytime. Thanks so much, Alice. I definitely learned a lot that I'm going to practice on implementing today um, and moving forward. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you both very much. Thank you as always for listening. Support Wisecast with a monthly donation to ensure great quality future episodes. Or you can donate to our cause using PayPal. Both are linked in the episode notes. And don't forget to share Wisecast with all of your friends. I am Dr. Richa Chandra. And I am Dr. Amber Miller.